0: Welcome to Caregiver Chats, I'm Dr. Lakeland. Today we're talking about, am I really a caregiver? The answer might surprise you, so stay tuned and we'll get into it. Caregiver Chats is a podcast designed to help those caring for older adults find balance, support, resources, and encouragement. If you're caring for an aging family member or friend, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Dr. Lakeland. I'm a gerontologist and caregiving advocate for Home Instead, an honor company. I know just how busy caregivers are, and I'm so grateful that you're taking time to listen. This is episode number one of Caregiver Chats. Welcome. If you haven't already checked out the trailer, give it a listen when you have some time. I share more about what you can expect on this podcast and the topic areas that I will cover. There's about five of them. I also share about who I am and why I love the work that I do. Today, we're addressing the question, am I really a caregiver? You might be thinking to yourself, what the heck is a caregiver, and why does the term even matter? Well, today, I'm going to talk about three things, identifying as a caregiver and why it's important. I'll talk about some quick statistics on the number of caregivers that are existing in the U.S. today and some of the lingo associated with caregiving, and then I'm going to wrap it up with a discussion about three common types of caregivers. So first, we're gonna talk about what caregiving is. I think that generally, people know what caregiving means. You know, it's taking care of another person. But many in this scenario don't necessarily see themselves as the caregiver. And the reality is, is that caregiving takes many forms. You'll likely be a caregiver at various points in your life. And I really love the Rosalind Carter quote. Uh, she says, there are four kinds of people in the world. One, or those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers. So again, at various points in our life, we're all going to be caregivers or need caregivers uh, or have been a caregiver. So it really applies to all of us. And what I truly value about caregiving is it happens across the lifespan, And if you join me in the trailer, you'll know that this podcast, while we love caregivers of all kinds, we're going to zero in on those caring for older adults. It's not a parenting podcast, although parenting is definitely a form of caregiving. Those podcasts are super important, but again, we're going to focus on those that are caring for an older family member or friend. And oftentimes when you're doing that, you don't necessarily think of yourself as a caregiver. You might think, oh, I'm just being a good daughter or son or being a good spouse or a caring relative or friend. But if you're doing any of the following, then you're a caregiver. So I'm gonna list out a few things. If you are helping out with your parents' household chores, you're a caregiver. Uh, If you're taking a family member or friend to their doctor's appointments, you're a caregiver. If you're doing more household chores due to your spouse's limited mobility, maybe you have like an equal share of household responsibilities, now you're having to take on more and more, you're a caregiver. If you're regularly picking up groceries or preparing meals for a neighbor, even a neighbor, then that means you're a caregiver. If you're setting up a weekly pillbox and getting prescriptions feel, filled for your great aunt or your aunt, uh, then you're a caregiver. If you're checking in daily or weekly on your in-laws, then you're a caregiver. You might actually feel more like a personal concierge uh, for your family member or friend than a caregiver, but truly you are a caregiver. So when it comes to caring for an aging adult, people's caregiving journeys are unique. They take all different forms, shapes, sizes, but it really is more common than you think. And all caregiving journeys are unique, Um, but we do see some commonalities. But when it comes to the uniqueness, you know, some are retired and caring for a spouse. Some are working while caregiving. And then there's a whole generation. They're called the sandwiched generation. That's those that are caring for their own children. At the same time, they're caring for an aging parent. Um, Some are also supporting a friend or a neighbor, and others are long-distance caregiving. They're caring from afar, And if any of those situations hit home for you, you, then you are a caregiver. And at times, it really can feel lonely and isolating. You might feel like no one understands what I'm going through. But did you know uh, there are entire organizations dedicated to supporting caregivers? One of my favorites is the National Alliance for Caregiving, NAC for short. Uh, Their mission is to advocate for caregivers across the lifespan. I am a proud board member, so that might make me a little biased, but I do just really love this organization. Um, They champion caregivers, and I love the work that they put out. And every five years, they release a report called Caregiving in the US. And in the 2020 study, it revealed some really interesting statistics. And I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to some of this stuff. So I hope I don't bore you. But I wanted to share just a few of the kind of data points from this study. I've also linked to it in the show notes. So if you're a data nerd like I am, you can go in and really just you know, get all the goodness when it comes to these caregiving stats. But here are some of the facts I find really interesting. And you might reflect to see how you kind of fit into these demographics. So the first is there are 53 million caregivers in the U.S. and more than half, 56%, are caring for someone over the age of 50. So you might lump yourself in with that group. We find that caregivers are often female, so 63% are women. And over time, though, we have seen more and more males take on the caregiving role. So we have to give the men a shout out too. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, and most people are caring for a parent or parent-in-law. So about 57% caring for a parent or parent-in-law. And then 11% are caring for spouses. And then 10% are caring for a grandparent or grandparent-in-law. So um, Again, these these demographics are super interesting. What I think is especially interesting are these in-law dynamics. I'm, I'm hoping we can dive into that on a future podcast. But um, you know, there's one more final stat that I, I want to share, and that's 26% of people are caring for someone living with Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. And I like to call this out because I mentioned this on the trailer, but there are additional stressors and strains that come along with this type of caregiving. And we're gonna focus you know, a, a handful of our episodes on this specific demographic of caregivers, because again, um, their experience is just a little more intense than your average caregivers. And it's important that these statistics are out there so that we know that we're not alone in our caregiving journey. And it's great to know that organizations like the National Alliance for Caregiving exist to help lawmakers understand the challenges that caregivers face. And these groups, their efforts, they're paying off. If you caught the most recent State of the Union address, President Biden highlighted caregiving and ways that the administration is working to, and I quote, Give more breathing room to the millions of family caregivers looking after their loved ones. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. So he mentioned things like paid medical, family and medical leave, improved home and community-based supports, and accelerated treatments for cancer and Alzheimer's disease. And so that really just highlights you know, the importance of caregiving. Those like you are providing such important care that it's getting recognized at the highest levels of government. That is so cool. It gets me really excited if you can't already tell. Um, And bear with me. I'm going to nerd out just a little bit more and talk to you about the lingo related to caregiving. And why I do this is because words matter. And you might not know that You know, in the field of of caregiving and gerontology, the term caregiving is actually highly debated. And let me tell you why. Some feel that the term caregiving implies that only one-way relationship, that you're giving, giving, giving to the person that you're caring for, but you're getting nothing in return, like a one-way street. Another term that's being used more often is care partner. And that implies more of an equal caregiving scenario. So like more of a two-way street. So the person that receiving care is a true partner in that care. And the two are really collaborating to work towards a common goal. And then in other countries like the UK, Australia, New Zealand, they use the term carer, which is the term care with an E-R on the end. So carer, and that term refers to a person of any age that's providing unpaid care or support to another person. And you might say, you know, Lakeland, why do the terms matter? But I bring it up because you might identify as one Or another you know a caregiver versus a care partner and then you might also hear me use these interchangeably throughout this podcast so I wanted you to know whether you identify as a caregiver or a care partner you're in the right spot this this podcast is for you and uh, you might also feel your caregiving identity change over time and there's actually a theory around this it's called the caregiver identity theory Let me just tell you a little bit more. And there's various stages of this caregiver identity theory. And so in the beginning of your caregiving journey, you might feel more like a care partner. You're supporting the person that you're caring for. Maybe it's just a little bit at the beginning. But as the person maybe needs more assistance, they progress through their disease you feel a little less of that family role or a care partner role, and you're starting to feel more and more like a caregiver, or you're giving more, and the other person uh, might not be able to give back as much. And so there are various phases in this caregiver identity theory. Um, and again, your, your role shifts and changes as you kind of go through that caregiving journey. So um, it's okay, and it's natural, it's normal to feel that shift and change in your caregiving journey, so if you are feeling like, "Wow, I'm caring for my husband, but I'm starting to not feel like the spouse," you're not alone. Or if you're an adult daughter and you're kind of mourning the fact that you're you're losing that mother daughter relationship, or you're. Um, father-son relationship. You're not alone. Those are very normal feelings. And there are some ways that you can kind of take back part of that family role. You can kind of reverse it a little bit by getting support and resources. So I'm so glad you're here joining us on this this podcast because we're going to be sharing a lot of resources over time that will hopefully help you find that balance and regain some of that, that probably meaningful role in your relationship to whoever you're caring for. There's also, when it comes to that lingo and terms, some discussion around the word family in the term family caregiver and loved ones. And the reason that this is being kind of debated and talked about is it doesn't fit for all caregivers because not everyone is caring for a family member or a loved one. You might not even like the person that you're caring for. You might be related to them, but you might not love them or even like them. Um, And so... I want to be sensitive to those terms as well. Um, you know, family units are full of complex relationships. Um, again, you might be caring for someone that you have a strained relationship with or a complex history. Um, and sometimes caregiving can bring about some of those feelings that maybe you buried deep inside or kind of bring up some tensions that once existed or maybe amplify them. So, again, I just want to acknowledge that. And no matter who you're caring for, you're going to have your own unique set of circumstances. You know, everyone's caregiving is journey is different. That journey looks different for everyone. But I do tend to see three common patterns of caregiving. And so I'm going to kind of wrap up today's discussion by talking about those three types of common patterns. One is caregiver creep. That's where you slowly become a caregiver over time. The other is when you are a caregiver triggered by a crisis, you you become a caregiver overnight, and then short-term care. And that's when you're helping someone for short stints or a designated period of time. So I'm going to dive deeper into all three of these. But before I do, here's a word from Home Instead, our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Home Instead, an honor company. If you find yourself needing extra support as a family caregiver or time away from your caregiving responsibilities, Home Instead can help. Our home care services are delivered by compassionate care professionals and range from personal care, meal preparation, and medication management to Alzheimer's care and hospice support. Visit homeinstead.com to learn more and to find a location near you. So that first type of Caregiving journey that's common is called the caregiver creep. And I have to admit, I did not coin this term. I heard one of my friend and fellow caregiving experts, Jennifer Fitzpatrick, use it. So I have to give Jennifer a shout out. And every time I say the term caregiver creep, it reminds me of the TLC song called Creep. I don't know if you are a TLC fan like I am. So it's like, so I creep. Yeah. Okay. I digress. But if you're a millennial, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Check it out if if you're interested. But back to caregiver creep. Uh, This type of caregiving typically starts off with the little things that you're doing for your loved one. You're helping out here or there. You might think to yourself, I'm just being a loving daughter or uh, it's just what I do for my spouse. I'm being a good friend. So you might be helping out with you know, picking up groceries or fixing a few things around the house. But then as the person you're caring for starts to decline and you take on more and more care, that caregiving role starts to take up more and more of your time. Now you might be going over every week or multiple times a week. Maybe you're checking, you know, is the fridge full? Is the pillbox filled? Maybe you're helping out with some laundry. And then the person continues to decline more and you're feeling the need to check in on them daily, making sure that they're okay, making sure they haven't left on the stove or that they've taken their meds for the day or make sure that they've eaten at least a couple meals. Maybe uh, you even move your loved one in with you at that point. Maybe mom or dad moves in, uh, or maybe you're somehow providing more more care around the clock, 24-7. And this could happen over the course of months or years. The caregiving responsibilities just creep up on you. Another visualization of this is kind of like a slow boil. You know, the water heats up slowly, starts to simmer, and then before you know it, it comes to a full-on boil. Boil, and you know you can become overwhelmed. You can, you know, that boil can come on all of a sudden. You're you're no longer feeling that balance. You um, are trying to juggle it all: caregiving, work, kids, maybe even um, trying to find a little time for that self care. So caregiving really is just starting to creep into all aspects of life, uh, and we do see this happen in specific diagnoses, such as Parkinson's disease or Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. Again, you know, at the beginning of the disease process, they just need help with a few things. And as time progresses, as the disease continues to uh, progress and that person declines, you know, you eventually grow into kind of that full-time caregiver mode to some degree. So that's that first kind of typical caregiving journey that I tend to see. It's that caregiver creep. So the next kind of category or trajectory of caregiving is the crisis situation. In the situation, you might feel like your family member is doing pretty good. Maybe they need just a little assistance here or there, but then you get the call. And I use that in like big quotation marks. You know, that call that mom has fallen and broken her hip dad had a stroke, um, your spouse went in for a routine procedure, and now you're all of a sudden facing a really serious diagnosis. It's an event that really changes your life in an instant. You feel like your whole world has been flipped upside down. And you might be at a loss in these situations as to what to do next um, and how you're going to manage it all. You're thinking, okay, now what? What? Uh, we actually have an article on this on our about this on our website. I'll link to it in the show notes. And you know, at home it said we get these types of calls a lot. Like, mom has fallen. We're getting ready to discharge from the hospital. We really, really need help at home. Uh, and it's unfortunate that not a lot of families have planned for this type of crisis situation, or even have discussed what their loved one or the person that they're caring for would want. Uh, and so all of a sudden they're in a crisis. Caregivers are thrust into making decisions and wondering, okay, is this the best decision for my loved one? Would they want this? And they're scrambling to do research. And in those instances, they might not be making the most informed decisions. And often in these scenarios, there's also a lot of emotions that are bubbling up and it can cause tension in the heat of the moment. Uh, there can be arguments and, and tears and frustration and anger. And it's really it can be a hard time for families. So that's another reason why I am such a proponent for planning ahead as much as possible so that if your family enters into this crisis situation that you're not left scrambling. And so again I shared a few examples of of scenarios where this might take place. You know, dad has a stroke and overnight you are all of a sudden having to figure out okay, How do we uh, find a rehab facility for him? Okay, now he doesn't have function on one side of his body. Is the bathroom set up for uh, safety at home? Do we need to get some grab bars installed? So it can trigger a lot of immediate decisions that need to be made. And so, again, that's that second kind of trajectory of caregiving that I see often. And, you know, it's triggered by a crisis. And then the third and final kind of scenario when it comes to caregiving that I see is a short-term caregiving role. And dare I say it, uh, the most common um, type of caregiving that's likely to happen over the course of your life. So in this type of situation, it might be your loved one has a planned surgery or procedure. Um, they might undergo treatment for a disease like cancer, or maybe they're recovering from an accident. And in these instances, they're typically shorter in nature. So you're caring for maybe a short period of time. There might be a defined beginning and end. And often the caregiver or care partner is you know, helping to take the person to appointments or cooking for them or making sure that they're getting their meds taken. Uh, and they do that until that person gets back to kind of a uh, a place where they're functioning independently. They no longer need your support. Um, and that that's when your caregiving journey ends. So again, it's short term. It's not um, kind of that long trajectory of caregiving. And again, you might be um, doing that for various people within your life. You know, some might be caring for a loved one who's recovering from hip surgery, and then might have another relative that goes through cancer treatment and needs some extra assistance. Uh, It might be intense and draining for that period of time, uh, but it usually comes to some sort of end. And so um, that is that third and final kind of trajectory of caregiving that I see often. So whether you're feeling the creep, uh, if you're experiencing the crisis, or if you're on a short-term caregiving stint, just know that you're not alone. And I'm going to say it again because it's so, so important. You are not alone. Whether you've known you're a caregiver or care partner, or if you're listening to this episode and realize, oh snap, holy cow, I'm a caregiver, then I hope you'll tune in to our next episode where I'll be sharing five tips to set you up for success on your caregiving journey. And while I plan to share a lot of information on this podcast, I also want to hear from you. I will answer questions live during some of these podcasts. I also want to hear about your caregiving tips and your caregiving story. So please email me at at homeinstead.com. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at homeinsteadinc I-N-C, for previews of upcoming episodes, caregiving tips, and more. You can always find links to this in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And please remember, take good care of yourself while you're caring for others. Caregiver Chats is brought to you by Home Instead. If you're looking for in-home care to support you on your caregiving journey, please visit homeinstead.com slash caregiverchats to learn more.